Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? We are here. We are the Relatable Source. Me and 35 of my colleagues here. Um, by 35, I mean all 35 personalities that you will be hearing um, within this podcast. If you're new here, this is the Relatable Source. The Relatable Source covers all topics that are randomized. Um, this isn't a, you know... Um, podcast that tackles one certain category being business um motivation and so forth this is an all-round uh podcast so i really do hope that you enjoy it my um my uh inspiration to creating this podcast was to basically um search up topics research and and find them interesting enough to search with everyone else but you know if uh, regardless if this is a free podcast and you don't have to spend a cent i do ask one thing that you pay with and that is telling people about this podcast if you find um, a certain topic that will enrage you that will give you an opinion a suggestion um, a sort of uh uh, mindset that you want to share an opinion and so forth i know i said that again but anything that will trigger you um or you know make you positive negative and so forth well i'm just trying to create a conversation here i would love for you to tell someone about this podcast i would love for you to share the word um and obviously um wherever you're listening to uh please give me a rating uh, a rating out of five will help so um if we can you know talk as as um i'll have a better communication sense than me and my assistant here um then we'll be all right but again thank you again my name is bass i am the host of this uh podcast um today i have something serious to speak about it's 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 only serious when i really research into it but regardless of the topic i really was ignorant about it i actually every time i heard it on the news i'm just like oh here we go again but it's it's not it, it's surprisingly a a special movie um ended up making me see the light to this um and i'm not saying i'm not trying to preach or anything i'm not trying to be faithful it's just um a whatever expression but um mental health mental health stigma operates in society is affected by you or those around you and is credited by health professionals meaning it is no it is a known issue this ethics latin issue acts as a barrier to individuals who may seek or engage in treatment services the dimensions theory and epistemology of mental health stigma have several implications for the social work profession that was an insert from Brian K. Amadini um, from his article, Mental Health Stigma, Society, Individuals and the, Pref- and the Pro- Profession. Now, the reason why I brought up this topic is because I've been, again, I've been seeing it a lot lately, uh, but I've got to admit, I, I have been very ignorant to the issue. Coming from a culture that really thrives on laughing at you if you, if you even mention you got a mental problem and tells you to man up and get on with it. It was it was built to me at an early age and to let go and never bring up a topic. But recently I've had I've had some friends of mine who have given me some insight on the idea and how they're going through mental illness or a form of mental illness. And I feel I feel for them because they're not really describing what they're going through, but it shows from how they're struggling in their lives. It, in reality, I needed to do my own research and and understanding it fully. Maybe some of you 
listening to this podcast are on the same page as me and and this might be a good way to understand the illness just like i did uh when i when i did my research but i mean let's look at the movie now the movie that i said that really inspired me or, or gave me some a lot of insight or, or a lot of uh, motivation to research this particular topic was the joker world renowned no one expected this to go to be a a, a a hollywood hit usually because of dc movies don't always end up being the best um that's because you know it could be a director's vision or um it could be someone's uh moral or ethics code that they didn't follow but that's beside the point that the, the biggest draw from the movie was the topic of mental illness although i haven't seen the movie my mate described it as if you were high and you watched the movie you would want to kill yourself it's that depressing but i think when he said it was it was it was more to praise how how much of a of a hit this movie was in, in tackling that particular issue um joker in the movie is never diagnosed or clarifies what condition he has but it does have him explicitly reference his experiences with mental illness on numerous occasions he's introduced as someone who attends required therapy sessions with a social worker as someone who was previously locked up in the hospital joker also specifies that he has taken several when i say several I actually in total there's seven different medications surely they must be doing something you don't listen, do you? I don't think you ever really hear me. You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. But you don't listen anyway. I said, for my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. And, and then you have the famous quote, the worst part about having mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't. And in the movie, Joker writes this in his journal, replacing the O in don't with a smiley face. Joker tries to signal to its viewers that it cares deeply about Flex, who is, who is the Joker, um, his name, mental health, and it sympathizes with his dilemma. Flex mental health begins to decline after Gotham slashes funding for social services, forcing him to abandon his therapy sessions and making his medications inaccessible. When in reality, that's sort of how I was thinking about this in the past. I actually didn't even consider this to be a real treatment, uh, sorry, a real um, issue or a real dilemma. And, you know, if I had the funding for it, I wouldn't exactly be putting it in there. I would be putting it in some things that are more knowing to cause problems to people that have diseases, for example, cancer, AIDS, so forth. Um, the movie is very much a commentary on how society doesn't do enough to nurture people who experience mental illness. Now, every aspect of Flex um, neuroplasticity, oh, is that right? Neurotypicality, neurotypicality, whatever that means, is stigmatized, coded as a reason to be suspicious of him and used as pretext for his decent into violent. No, let me read that again. <laughs> uh, used as a pretext for his descent into violence. Sorry, guys, I'm reading it from, um, the things that i was reading and it's, it's mainly the articles that i read and i almost forget that these words mean something or like they they sound different to what they are but 
that's besides the point now the film even explains joker's characteristic fits of laughter hysterically seen as a symbol of his devilishness of the delight he takes in corality as a symptom of a condition here it's an uncontrollable response to stress similar to tourette syndrome the character joker has been casually diagnosed with a so many mental illnesses such as schizophrenia this is uh, let me let me see let me read this again schizophrenia dissociative to identity disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder but most mostly he's he's referred to as just crazy or insane um heath ledger uh referred to him as a schizophrenic clown and when the actor that played the joker spoke about their preparation um for the character they usually refer to meeting with and talking to people with psychosis this authentic approach to acting contributes um, to the perception that the joker is just as or more psychotic than the patients the actors interview now this most certainly highlights the idea that people with schizophrenia ptsd and identity disorder are, are dangerous and exactly what as what it's shown in the movie mental health is often it's used as a substitute for mental health conditions such as depression anxiety conditions schizophrenia and others according to the world health organization uh, mental health is a state of well-being in which every individual realizes his or her own potential they can cope with the normal stresses of life can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to her or his community so rather than being about what's the problem it's really about what's going well now but in this case we're looking at the opposite direct of this and in an attempt to to throw more confusion and shame surrounding mental illness um, the guardian a newspaper for the oldies asked people to describe what their mental illness condition feels like and in what way that someone who hasn't experienced it myself might be able to relate to it while their descriptions were all unique they all shared one thing encouraging others to seek help and an eagerness to raise awareness that no one should be alone when struggling with their mental health I'm not going to name these people, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, for their privacy, but, but hear what they have to say. Um, one individual said, a major panic attack feels like you're in, in immediate danger of dying. Sometimes it feels like you've been hit with a bucket of freezing water, heart palpitations, dizziness, shortness of breath. It's, it's honestly terrifying and that only continues the vicious cycle of panic. The worst is when they seem to come on for no reason and you don't even realize that it's happening that what is happening is anxiety i get anxious on public transport or in crowds of people and it feels very realistically like i can't breathe it can be worse at the weekend when everyone on the train is chatting more because it feels like their voices are right inside my head like an itch i can't scratch I had a full-on nervous breakdown leading up to my uni exams um, when I had a bad anxiety attack it feels like I'm drowning I'll be gripped with sheer terror and can't move sometimes there's so much adrenaline buzzing through my body that I feel as if I 
must look like I'm vibrating. As a teenager, I'd also be, I'd also swing the other way into a depressive episode where I would feel utterly numb and flat. This flip-flopping between feeling everything at once and nothing at all was terrifying and I had to drop out of school before A-levels. Yet stigma still surrounds conditions including depression and anxiety. And just like with any condition, physical or mental, it's, it's, it is impossible to grasp exactly what a person is experiencing. The biggest, the biggest one, or the biggest description that caught my eye was this one over here. Now, this, this individual said, A bad patch for me means feeling like a total prisoner. How as soon as he got into his car, all of the energy drained out of him and it took him a couple of days to feel normal again. When, when I'm in a bad patch, I'm constantly swinging between wide awake nerves, jangling and being so exhausted I can't move. My panic attacks are long and come with a lot of physical symptoms, including the heart attack feeling lots of people describe, or the feeling where you nearly fall for missing a step as you come down the stairs and your heart is 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 in your throat but that lasts for two hours imagine that being anxious about being anxious is a strange thing but it it becomes all-consuming and you can't just avoid things with which trigger anxiety because it can be anything or nothing i always laugh about the fact my first ever panic attack um happened and came up uh, looking at socks of all things most of most of the time the only thing i can do is sit and wait for it to be over i'm told it's virtually impossible to tell i'm having a panic attack because i tend to freeze you feel frightened to leave the house in case you have a panic attack because you never know when it will come you just you just you just know it it will even though i know i won't die the fact that my own body seems to betray me this way makes me makes it difficult to trust that it won't betray me in other ways through fainting, throwing up, or losing control of my bowels, which would draw attention to me and make it worse. Feels like anything is possible, but only the bad things. Now, personally, I'm someone that really can't tell if I have or have had a mental illness. Like, hearing these descriptions, especially the last one, I can really put in perspective on what it is and how it affects you, especially when, you know, uh, the possibilities of harm, as it feels like anything is possible, but only the bad things. Um, makes me think back to my first day at university. Um, I think I was, this was back in 2014, and I was just uh, a year and a half out outside of high school. Um, I was more nervous as ever, but also excited to start this. The only issue and massive fucking pressure I had on my mind was that I was the first out of out of not only my family but pretty much all of my cousins to make it to uni or bother to try to get into it most of the family ended up in trade jobs or retail you know to be more secure um and they'll tell me countless times that bass like don't bother you know you'll have a massive debt um you, i have a job for you you can be in construction or you can be you know doing uh packing boxes and um you know you can do that for the rest of your life and you'll earn good money in that and you'll earn a decent living but following the street smart and forget about the book smart life that was basically their initiative or their their motto now 
knowing deep down that just wasn't me. I needed to find that out for myself. And when I got to the university campus, it was fine. I was cool, cool, calm, collected. All this opportunity for me to take and nothing's going to get in my way. But as soon as I stepped foot into the auditorium of or for orientation, I completely froze. There were about 3,000 students all enrolled and accepted into the same bachelor and it was intimidating as fuck. I was still motivated to listen to what the speaker had to say and go from there. At first I was motivated, but then the head of the courses started speaking and explaining what I'm going to do, what I'm going to go through throughout the semester and my whole entire uni life. That's, that's when I, that's when I went and froze again. I was, I was staring into nothing, forgetting the speaker is talking and I, and I missed the whole lecture from every speaker, even though I was there. The idea was, I'm someone that, you know, usually every student or most of the students came from high school. So they're very aware of reporting, doing assignments, uh, projects, so forth. They, 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 the essays, they have that fresh in their mind. I just came from a TAFE, but if you're from another, um, uh, another country listening to this, it's sort of like community college where I had to get my my um, uh, my marks up in a way to be getting accepted into university. And I thought I was way below the ranks. Now, this shit is all complex. It seems that there's not one simple obvious thing like a virus or a bacteria that causes mental illness. And that makes the cause hard to work out. For some mental illnesses like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, it's, it's possible to inherit a predisposition a greater likelihood that you'll develop the disorder. For others, there seem to be no genetic link at all. But even then, it doesn't mean you'll get sick. Your likelihood of developing a mental illness is influenced by a complex com combination of genetic, neurological, developmental, environmental, socioeconomic, cultural, general life experiences and other factors which you know seems about right in a way it's, it's all about influence in a way it's all about the influence surrounding you i also noticed that a lot of talented celebrities authors athletes mention that they are experiencing mental illness and i was thinking does this mental illness actually it does it actually do some good and increase your creativity a couple months back justin bieber spoke about depression and feeling weighed down by by expectations when he cancelled all future meet and greets with fans on his world tour because they they were too much to handle in an instagram post justin said the fan meetings leave him feeling drained and unhappy so he said i always feel or i always leave feeling mentally and emotionally exhausted to the point of depression the pressure of meeting people's expectations of what i'm supposed to be is so much for me to handle and a lot of a lot on my shoulder now uh, hearing this uh, the first thing that goes into my mind i'm like this this dickhead gets so much money for the point of he's actually complaining about meeting a lot of people that hour that he sits around or hours as he likes to describe it um he's probably getting about thirty thousand to to a whole person's salary just by sitting there you have you would feel no sympathy for this guy but after reading all these emotions and all these um descriptions of how mental illness feels you kind of you kind of get a sense of regardless if you're rich poor um whatever socioeconomic status that you have it's it's 
at the end of the day, we're all human and we all feel the same way. You know, experiencing mental illness doesn't make you more creative and being creative doesn't make you more likely to experience a mental illness. Likewise, getting treatment for mental illness doesn't reduce your creativity, although the side effects of some medications can affect you. That was from the World Health, uh, sorry, let me say that again, the World, the World Health Organization, WHO. But then it got me thinking, after reading all that, is it treatable? Like, what are the treatments? Where do you go to get treated? Is it, is it like a hospital? Do you go to a therapist's office? Um, is it a clinic? Um, and that's the sort of things that I dug into. And I found that um, SANE Australia, which is a non-profit organization, which, which works to improve the attitudes towards and treatment of people with mental illness, say, yes, mental illness can be treated. Now, this basically means that, you know, many people have, who have a mental illness and are treated, recover well, or even completely get rid of it at once. But because there are many different factors, just like we mentioned earlier, contributing to the development of each illness, it can sometimes be difficult to predict how, when, or to what degree someone is going to get better. I mean... For those that do read comics or have watched the comics or watched the movies from DC, the Joker is sort of an individual that you'll know that he's insane or crazy from, from the acts that he creates. But he's also very smart at how, how he creates it. No matter as many times that Batman does get him, the guy just always seems to get out of it. Always seems to get out of it. Always has a plan B and always um, finds another solution to his failure. But it's it's sort of something that's built in him that he just can't control and is always going to take take a part of him because his biggest motivation is to cause havoc and chaos towards the people around him even the people that he loves look at his his lover harley quinn i'm pretty sure you guys know her from the movies but harley quinn he's right or die but he's still you know having that mental illness to cause havoc and cause so much distress to the people around him and he just can't control that, and you kind of you kind of feel for him. Like uh, I said, it when 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 we were young, we would look at the villains and we would think, "Well, I'm definitely supporting the superhero." But at times, you kind of get an understanding of where the villains are coming from. Like for example, when you watched um, Black Panther and Killmonger, I know the girls know this from um, Michael Michael B. I think what's his name, Michael Michael B. Jackson. Or Michael B. Jordan. No, Michael B. Jordan. I always remember that because of Michael Jordan. He had to put the B in there so people don't get confused. Just like I did. But, you know, it helped me out. But yeah, Michael B. Jordan played Killmonger. And he was sort of an individual that was part of the royal family. But he was kicked out. His whole family was kicked out. And he wanted revenge. And you kind of get a sense of... Fuck, that makes sense. You know, the way that he did it, probably he shouldn't have done it that way. But you kind of get an understanding of of where he was coming from and, and as we get older we kind of see the point of view of the villain and we we have a sense of agreement with with that so but back to the topic on what does the treatment really mean the treatment that you get if you do have mental illness now treatment means all the different ways in which someone with a mental illness can get help to minimize the effect of the illness and promote recovery it can involve psychological therapy, 
medication and various supports in the community as well as people with the mental illness helping themselves now you've got psychological therapy a doctor psychologist or other health professional talks with the person about their symptoms and concerns and discusses new ways of thinking about and managing them the medic the medication now some people are helped by taking medication for a while others may need it on an ongoing basis the doctor should explain the benefits and and possible side effects and of the medication before it is prescribed obviously now medical research shows that many mental illnesses are associated with changes in our brain chemistry medications help the brain to restore its usual chemical balance so so that the symptoms are reduced or even eliminated completely the community support programs support programs are especially important for people with reoccurring symptoms or have a psychiatric disability the support may include information accommodation help with uh, finding suitable work training um, and education psychosocial rehabilitation and mutual support groups understanding and acceptance by the community is extremely important and um, I can definitely agree with that and the question of where people are treated these people these days clinics treatments um, generally take place in the community rather than a hospital anyone who has been diagnosed with a mental illness which needs treatment should be able to receive a range of clinical services in their own community now going back to what i said in the beginning and i think a lot of people can agree with me is that a certain certain cultures or groups of individuals tend to downplay the whole motion of mental illness and even depression as a whole for example my parents extended family and pretty much anyone in my family's generation always had the tough mentality to get through things which in reality i'm not hating on um, if anything, it helped me grow and develop as a person. And let me let me take on anything that was uh, challenging, um, especially university, going into my career, um, <laughs> relationships, friendships, social aspects, you name it. But uh, but it's important to note that not everyone that is being brought up would take this tough love approach in the way that it was intended to. Some might some might like. Some might take it like acid on a scar, as, as they already feel less than due to an illness that is that is rarely viewed with the respect or understanding given to someone with a physical alignment. The idea of belittling the topic of mental illness can, can be a life or death type of situation. After researching this, and I can see why people find it find it hard to talk about such a topic, because it's not... It's not taken seriously considering you really don't know what's going on and and it, from i really don't want to mention this but i'll i'll I, I won't mention names it's sort of something that's always close to my heart because this friend is really close to me they they usually in the past have come up to me and and they feel like their life is was falling apart from family to relationships to to jobs to income to everything that was around them but at the same time um regardless of my ignorance to mental illness i didn't see that as being mental illness i just saw that as depression i saw that as they were struggling and i was i was by, by all means supporting them throughout through and through uh, messaging them every day just to make sure they're all good but not in the sense of pity in the sense because i really do care about them i want them to you know make it in life uh, no one needs that negativity to be in their life constantly when you wake up when you when you go to sleep when you 
when you're you know awake or at your job university studying so forth it's not it's not something that um i haven't gone to mental illness but i've gone through a certain degree to it you know and i think we all have in the sense we all we've, we've all experienced negative emotions around around everything and it's not it's not a nice feeling so when this person constantly would come up to me and especially these would be the, the type of conversations where you would have driving at night having those deep and meaningful conversations uh, parked somewhere near the cliff and they would finally break down to you because it was just getting too much it was getting too much to them and they would tell me that their life is falling apart like what is why is it so important to live if everything is going wrong what's what's there to look after or look forward to when um you have nothing true words these are these are these are the exact words that they gave to me i know it's a bit cliche but at the same time just like i'm sitting down i'm fucking speechless like what do i say to this person i'm not good with speaking i'm sure i'm good at speaking here but i'm not good with like actually giving advice this is life of death threatening advice like what if i say something wrong and they can actually do something pull the trigger hang themselves you know um so uh, i kept it very calm and showed so much support i wanted to hear why they were feeling this way what was going on through their mind what was what was happening and and then they just broke down they broke down they they told me that it was something they just couldn't not control and at that time i think the main thing was not only just the job situation because i think they they were motivated i was giving them as many help as much help as possible they was they were in the same career field as me and they were saying uh, obviously like they'll never make it into the career because it was so competitive and every time they try they get rejected and i always gave it back to my experiences i've been rejected to fucking 60 different jobs but i kept on trying and trying and trying because i knew that if i if i managed to get that one person to accept me i'll make the most of it and i i used that as an example to to give it to them and i think they were very happy with that because they did use that approach but the main thing was relationships there were um, they were failing with relationships. They were, they were um, pretty much saying like nothing's gonna work with them. Nothing is going right. Every person they meet is is not who they say they are. Or they're very picky with the person. Maybe it's their problem. Um, maybe it's something that they can't control. Like what what is it? At times they actually said they were confused. Not confused in the sense of which sex they like, but confused in the sense of should they be really living. Imagine someone coming up to you and telling you that. What What do you say to that? How do you How do you stop? Like you can You can obviously give them some support in that, but that sometimes is not enough. You know, to the person they've gone through hell and they're still continuing to experience hell, but it's something they just could not control at all, and they 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 they're not managing their life properly and so forth. So, look at the end of the day, this person is um, living a comfortable life. They're very happy. Um, and you know, I'm very grateful for you know because they've shown me support when I needed it. By the same time, I'm also very happy because I did say the right things. I kept on supporting them, and it's not out of pity because I really did care about them. I wanted them to make. I wanted them to be a hundred percent throughout all this. But um, and that was you know besides the movie, um, the Joker. That was pretty much one of the main aspects of me wanting to bring up this topic. Um, I found out, you know, reading reading the different examples of uh, mental illness, uh, I had the general thought that who cares? You know, you can just like if it's cyberbullying, turn off your computer. If someone's messaging constantly messaging you, they're bullying. Close your phone. 
have a social media detox, but it's, not, it's easier said than done. Like, look, myself, I'm, my career is all for social media. My career is built on that. And at times I want to switch it off, but at times I can't because I have to keep up with trends and continue that. But there, there has to be a balance between that. There has to be something where, um, like, I'm not asking you to become a monk or anything like that. It's more in the sense of you wanting to um, keep a balanced life where you're relaxed, stress-free, and managing it. I'm still trying at that. I'm not saying I'm 100%. I'm still trying and managing this, but um, again... I really do appreciate you guys listening to The Relatable Source. And thank you so much for listening. If you are wondering what I look like, you can follow me on Instagram at buzz95. Um, Don't ask about the name. Actually, I'll tell you where I got that name. So one of my Indian friends um, back in high school who happened to watch this Bollywood movie that uh, was called Bodyguard. And this bodyguard happened to have a friend whose name, who apparently was the Indian version of me, and um, his name was Buzbuz. So when he came to school, he's, he'd be like Habibi Buzbuz. So <laughs> incorporate some Arabic in there, but also the Indians, and um, it kind of just stuck. At first it was Buzbuz, now it turned into Buzz, and then we have the 95 because oh, that's the amount of people I've killed. Um, but if you also want to support this page and you know help a plug. Uh, or help a brother out with it um, you can follow me or you can follow this page at the relatable source that is th relatable and source not source with an r source the kind of source that you put as tomato ketchup and you put it over you know wherever you want to put it over if it's peri peri on your pizza which is a must or if it's tomato on um, your chips barbecue sauce on your um, chicken and so forth but yes there is the relatable at the relatable source on instagram and there's buzz 95 on instagram as well um, um, i'm still thinking about you know opening up a website for this just so it can be more accessible for you guys to find out previous um podcasts that i've done and go more in depth of me speaking on them i'll have a written response on why i did it and so forth so it can be a nice way but um let me know if that's something you guys are you know interested in but all in all thank you so much i'm out